0: Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. Welcome, everybody, to Digital Marketing Intelligence for Startups, Ask the Experts. I'm your host, Marissa Morgan, and I'm also the Business Development Manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team at Engage, I'm excited to welcome you to today's show. Today, we're talking about turning fans into customers and customers into fans, The topic of fanocracy. Our guest is an award-winning author of more books than I can count on these two hands, including three international bestsellers. He's a well-regarded keynote speaker and a leading digital marketing strategist. I'll be introducing you to him in just a moment. I want to remind you to stick around after my talk today with our guest expert. I'll also share with you our Engage News of the Week. Every single show, we offer you a piece of news or a trend in digital marketing, and you definitely want to stick around because today's news is a must. Um, just a, If you're on Instagram, it's something you need to be aware of, and if you're a small to mid-sized business looking to incorporate influencers into your digital marketing strategy, you don't want to miss it. Okay, before we get started with today's topic, a quick mention of our sponsor, Engage. This show is brought to you by Engage. If you're not familiar with Engage, Engage, with its new modular platform, Engage OS, democratizes the power of business communication software so that early stage, small to mid-sized businesses using non-technical staff can quickly and easily build customer-facing applications that fit their needs at little or even no cost. Engage OS consists of customizable modules that are simple enough for anyone to use on their own or combine with the click of a button, yet powerful enough To drive core communication functionability, excuse me, within any business for any use case, and which also integrate very easily with other systems and applications. Modules available from NS include SMS, WhatsApp, Live Chat, Facebook Messenger DM, Apple Business Chat, CRM, and Help Desk. All modules include bots, automation, and a variety of other free productivity tools. Now, if you want to learn more about Engage, you can check us out after today's show, www.ngage.com. Check it out, get your business cranking for 2022, and make sure to not only optimize the communication that you do between yourself, your agents, and also your customers but most importantly, optimize the customer experience. Our topic today, fanocracy, plays right into that idea of optimizing customer experience, customer service, turning fans into customers and customers into fans. Without further ado, I wanna introduce you to today's special guest. He is joining us live from my side of the world. I'm originally from Connecticut. He's joining us live from Boston, Massachusetts. His name is David Meerman Scott. If you don't know who David is, Sit back and let me tell you some incredible reasons why you need to be familiar not only with his books but um, much of his kind of digital marketing thought thoughts and and, and processes because he's very 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 um, he's one of the leading digital marketing. Strategist. So check this out. David Meerman spotted the real time marketing revolution in its infancy and wrote five books about it, including The New Rules of Marketing and PR, which is now in its seventh edition and has sold more than 400,000 copies in 29 languages, from Albanian to Vietnamese, literally A to V. He is an internationally acclaimed sales and marketing strategist that has spoken on all seven continents and in 40 and counting countries, and his high-energy presentations are a treat for the senses. David now says that he believes the pendulum has really swung too far in the direction of superficial online communications. People are becoming tech-weary and bot-weary, and they're very hungry for human connection. Organizations have learned to win by developing what David calls of fanocracy, which is the subject of his Wall Street Journal bestseller, tapping into the mindset that relationships with customers are more important than the products that you're selling to them. He has a he is also a massive live music fan, having been to eight hundred and four live shows since he was fifteen. David, you and I have that in common—not the eight hundred and four shows, but the love of live music—and he is very passionate about the Apollo lunar program. And he loves to surf, but says, hey, he's not as good at that as he is at digital marketing strategy. So David, welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights.
1: Hey, thanks, Marissa. It's uh, (laughs) terrific to be here.
0: Wonderful. Well, we're really excited you're here because you're talking about something that I think is especially key, especially as businesses and small to mid-sized companies have been making big shifts over the last several years, right? As we all become more technology savvy, a lot of us are spending more time now, especially more than ever, remotely. And uh, business business um, strategy has really changed to include a lot of digital marketing aspects, right? Let me share with our audience our outline for today's show. For those of you listening on the podcast, I'll read this through for you. Today, we're talking about turning fans into customers and customers into fans. We're going to find out what fanocracy is, okay, which is the topic of a book that David actually wrote with his daughter. They co-authored it. We're going to talk about how we create fanocracy. We'll talk about how creating the human connection is so important, which you just heard me mention. Why passionate fans are key to helping you grow and scale your business. And then to help you understand more about this concept of fanocracy, David is going to give us a few examples of fanocracy in action. So, David, to start off, share with our audience what exactly fanocracy is.
1: So, uh, you know, you met in your kinder deduction, you mentioned, uh, I've written a bunch of books. I'm probably best known for this one, which is the new rules of marketing and PR. Um, this is the seventh edition of this book. I'll, it's translated into 29 languages. And, um, and the idea of the new rules of marketing and PR is about bringing your business online. And back in 2007, when I wrote the first edition, that was pretty radical. Now it's not as radical anymore. However, what I've noticed over the last five years or so is that so many businesses are beginning to abuse this online channel, and you know what I mean, they connect with you on LinkedIn and immediately try to sell you something. Um, they're, they're sending yet another tweet, yet another tweet. You go and find a video and it's not a helpful video, it's trying to sell you some product or services. Worse has been the algorithms by the major social networking companies, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, especially Facebook. I believe the Facebook algorithm Is the most destructive technology ever invented. Let me repeat that. The Facebook algorithm is the most destructive technology ever invented because it polarizes people, it puts us into distinct groups. It feeds conspiracy theories. It gets people to go and into groups of only like-minded people. So that's the bad news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the good news is that I was talking to my daughter, Reiko. She's now 28 years old, but this was about five years ago. She was 23 or so. And we were talking about this idea of the digital chaos in the world. And we both started to talk about how we are massive fans of the things that we love, massive fans of the things that we love. And in my case, um, I'm a huge fan of the um, Grateful Dead. I'm a huge fan, as you mentioned in the introduction of live music. Um, Reiko is a massive fan of Harry Potter. And so we recognize this idea of fandom is super interesting as something to look at in the business world. So we collaborated on this book It's called Fanocracy, Turning Fans into Customers and Customers into Fans. And we worked together over the course of about five years to research and write the book. And it's all about this idea of human relationships the relationships you have with your customers many times more important than the products and services that you sell to them and one thing we learned as we were doing the research for fanocracy is the importance of bringing like-minded people together because that's ultimately what fandom is
0: mm-hmm. well i can tell you're a grateful dead fan not only from the fact that I have done a lot of reading about you, but I see it featured there in your home studio, the surfboard as well. I think that's really awesome because that's a perfect prime example, the way you have your you know home studio set up at how creating a connection um, is just a personal connection is a great way to make people feel comfortable, right? You're not in a very stuffy office right now with just simply the books you've written, but there's a few pieces of David I see. I think is that a spacecraft there? Is that the yeah,
1: Apollo? It's a, it's a Saturn V rocket, an Apollo uh, rocket.
0: There you go. It's like you've got pieces of yourself right there, so that someone watching right now live is like, "Oh, that's crazy. He must like the Grateful Dead if they weren't didn't hear you say that because it's right there." Um, let's talk a little bit about how we create this idea of a fanocracy, and and by the way, I just want to say from a personal perspective, I couldn't agree more with your thoughts on the Facebook. Um, really, the Facebook. thing that's happening right now which started a long time ago but this like divisive you know it really divides people as as you said um and i
1: i just think it's it's horrible it's horrible for society um it's um Mm -hmm. it's led to conspiracy theories people who don't believe the facts and you know we could do a whole podcast or a whole session about that but um you know Here's the thing that became super interesting to us as we were doing this research. Um, The idea of the things that we love, like, yeah, there's a Grateful Dead logo over my shoulder. I've been to 82 concerts. I wrote a Grateful Dead concert. I wrote a book called Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead together with Brian Halligan, who's the CEO of HubSpot, and Bill Walton, the NBA Basketball Hall of Famer. That book came out about 10 years ago. Um, I love surfing. I love the Apollo Lunar Program. I actually wrote a book called Marketing the Moon about the Apollo Lunar Program. So here's the thing that Reiko and I learned as we were doing our research about fanocracy that was the most surprising thing to us. What we learned is that um, people love to be in, integrated and connected to and doing business with people who are passionate people who are passionate it's a way of developing fans and one way that you can share your passion is to share what you're passionate about in your personal life now most people would not say you know have a grateful dead logo or a surfboard behind you when you're doing a session like this or in your office Um, or to have a sticker on the back of your computer when you go to a physical meeting that that shows what you love. But it turns out that these little ideas of sharing what you're passionate about Are actually ways to build fans. And I want to share two examples of this. The first example is my daughter. My daughter is an emergency room physician at Boston Medical Center. Um, And she is in the thick of it. I mean, COVID is out of control. As we're doing this session right now, those of you who are alive know that you know COVID is crazy right now. And if you're watching this recording, um, you know we're doing this in the middle of January, and the the, uh, the variants are crazy. Reiko is every single day meeting patients, and she has on um, full PPE: a mask, a shield. She's got um, gloves. She's got head to toe with protective gear. So when she walks in to see a patient, she looks like an alien. (laughs) And she said, Daddy, the coolest thing that I do is I share some of the things that I love. Like, for example, she sometimes wears a mask with a Boston Bruins logo, the hockey team. Um, Sometimes she wears pins of the things that she loves. She loves Harry Potter. Um, Sometimes she'll wear a rainbow pin or a Black Lives Matter pin. And when she walks in, with for And so, and they actually, sometimes she and her colleagues wear sweatshirts that say Team BMC for Boston Medical Center, but with logos of the local sports teams, the Boston oh, Bruins my. and the Celtics and so on. So when she goes in to see the patients, they light up, they come alive, because this isn't an alien doctor coming to talk to them when they're scared. This is someone who's also a Boston Bruins ju- fan, just like they are. And this is a huge for growing fans. It's huge in the case of of Reiko and being a doctor, of of getting the patients to feel less uh, worried about their condition. And I wanna share one more example of this. His name is Dr. John Murashi. He happens to be a dentist. He's a dentist in Southern California. I met him at a Tony Robbins event. I speak at Tony Robbins Business Mastery events around the world. And uh, he said to me, how can I build fans? I'm just a dentist and i said dr marashi what do you love to do and it turns out he loves to skateboard so i said why not show your love of skateboarding in your dental practice and now if you think about it marissa how many of us separate our personal life and our professional life over here we've got our personal life and it's on linkedin and we are only professional and then we let our hair down over here on Facebook, and you know this is where we have fun and we share our, our um, the photographs of the things we love. We learned in doing the research in fan, on fanocracy: the more you can bring those things together, the more you build fans. So Dr. Murashi went off after we met. This was a couple years ago, and. Uh, he brought skateboards into his physical um, office and his dental practice. And he has skateboards on the wall, much like I have a surfboard yeah. behind me here. Um, he skateboards sometimes from one examination room to another. He has on his website pictures of him skateboarding. He created an Instagram and he has images, photos, and videos of him skateboarding. He, he told me after about a year that he grew his business by 30% new patients and 23% in terms of revenue, simply by sharing what he's passionate about. Because he's not no longer one of 10,000 dentists in California, in Southern California, He's now the skateboarding. He's the
0: skateboarding. I was just gonna yeah. say that his exactly.
1: His, his and and I'm the yep. I'm the marketing expert who loves the Grateful Dead, and and mm-hmm. thousands of people know that I'm the dude who loves the Grateful Dead. I share it all the time. Brian Halligan, the CEO of HubSpot, he is a um, a founder of a New York Stock Exchange listed company that does over a billion dollars worth of business. He also shares his love of the Grateful Dead in his business life. So an important aspect of fandom for everybody listening in um, is how can you share the things that you love? And and I want to point to one other example of this is how many times do you see people when they open up their computer, notebook computer, MacBook Pro, whatever they have, they have stickers on the back of their computer. Those are the things that they love. And many times it's not just something that's business related. It's also something that's personal.
0: Those were great examples, and clearly show how working to build uh, a connection then ultimately does lead to the loyal customers, the fans, and of course, helping to build your brand so that you stand out. People always ask, "How do I make my company or my brand stand out?" Your dental yeah. example, especially, was a perfect. Um, A perfect example of how to take something that seems so I actually funny enough, I just went to the dentist yesterday. So it's funny you use that as an example, because I'm thinking, huh, is there anything about my dentist that stands out? And the only thing personal, probably not. No, the only thing personal is just he is a dentist that has a photo of his family in the office. Okay, but most dentists have a wife and children. So there's nothing really stand out about that. But you're right. If I walked in and he had surfboards or skateboards and or just something, pictures of him at concerts all around, like if he was alive. You know, it's interesting, too, because we think about our homes, David. And like you, I'm a huge music lover. And before the pandemic, I made a goal to go to two concerts every month in the summer. So four or five months in the summer, I try to get to two. Granted, pre-pandemic, but in my home, I started saving the ticket stubs, a photo yeah. of me at the show or a pick yeah. or a drumstick. And when you walk into someone's home, if there's someone like you or me that likes to share their life with photography or memorabilia you get an essence of what somebody enjoys when you're in their home
1: absolutely
0: why wouldn't you want to give somebody uh, a spark of what you enjoy in your business too especially if you're a public speaker or a business professional that interacts i think anybody anybody
1: in business this is true of and Um, And and it's so overlooked. And it was, as I mentioned earlier, this was the most surprising thing we learned when we were doing the research, the importance of passion. People love to do business with those who are passionate. Passion is infectious.
0: Oh, 100%. A hundred percent. Okay, well, let's talk about that then. Let's talk about you talked a little bit about how we're creating a fanocracy and why the connection, human connection is so important. Yeah. Let's talk about how passionate fans are going to help somebody build their business. We know passionate fans are going to be loyal and right, loyal fans help. Mm-hmm boost your sales, they help your ROI. The loyal fans tell other people about your business. They say, "Hey, have you been to the Skateboard Doctor yet? Or have you yeah. seen that Grateful Dead speaker? Oh, it's so crazy how many concerts he's been to." But yeah. how else can passionate fans truly help to build or grow a, your business?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that we learned, which is super interesting, is we dug into the neuroscience aspects of fandom and um, Reiko actually did an undergraduate degree in neuroscience at Columbia University before she went on to medical school. Um, And we ended up talking to a number of different neuroscientists about what's going on in our brains when we become a fan of something. It turns out that all humans, you and me and everybody, all of us are hardwired to want to be part of a tribe of like-minded people. Because when we're part of a tribe of like-minded people, that's when we're safe and comfortable and secure. So when I'm with my Grateful Dead fans, I, as I mentioned I've been to 82 Grateful Dead concerts. I'm safe and comfortable. I could turn to anybody there, even if I've never met them and have a conversation. Um, when I'm surfing and I'm in the water, I'm with, um, my tribe of like-minded people. I can have a conversation. I can feel like I'm an instant friend, even if I've never met that person before. Mm -hmm. So this idea of creating a tribe of like-minded people is what you want to do to develop fans of your business. And people sometimes say to me "Did you know, David, I can't build fans and they make an excuse for why they can. And, you know, they might say I'm a dentist. How can I build fans? We just talked about Dr. Murashi. Um, there's an organization that um, I, I talked about in the book, Reiko and I talked about in the book that I love to share because it's in a business that most people hate. Marissa, do you love auto insurance?
0: It's like you is know that, me. And the is rest that one of, of your
1: favorite things in the world is auto insurance? It's probably one so, of my least
0: favorite things, right? And I'm actually dealing with right. insurance issues right now. So yes, any insurance. It's not fun. Auto
1: insurance. Woohoo, how exciting. So, I had a chance to spend time with um with Haggerty. He's the CEO of Haggerty Insurance. And he said to me, David, everything you're talking about with Fandom is exactly how we built our business. So they do auto insurance, but they do a particular kind of auto, auto insurance. It's for classic cars, cars that are 25 years old or older. And so what they realized is that if they they can't sell auto insurance the way everybody else does they don't want to become the low cost provider or advertise more than anybody else what they decided to do was be, was create the most fans so remembering this idea of neuroscience and creating a tribe of like-minded people what they started to do was was to go to auto shows around the North America and meet with people who are fans of classic cars. Um, They then provided data, free data, to those um, lovers of classic cars on the values of their classic cars because they're insuring insuring these cars so they know what, what value they're being insured at. So they had this database which they made public. They did a YouTube channel. It's got well over a million subscribers of an auto insurance company's YouTube channel. Uh, They have a driver's club that they put together, 650,000 members last time I checked. These are people who love to connect online and physically with other people who own the same kind of classic car as they do. So all of these ways of bringing together a tribe of like-minded people ended up, for Haggerty Insurance, making them the number one classic car insurance company in the entire world, and just a month ago as we're recording this at the um, in the middle of December of 2021 they went public on the New York Stock Exchange they've become that big and McKeel said to me David it's all based on your ideas. It's all based on fandom. It's all based on creating this group of people who come together. They're fans of classic cars, and they become fans of Haggerty Insurance. I actually happen to be their customer. I have been for 16 years. I own a 1973 Land Rover Series 3. And I'm such a fan of Haggerty that If somebody were to come along and say, David, we're going to provide the exact same kind of insurance, but 20% cheaper, there's no way I would do it
0: because I'm a Haggerty fan.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Great example. I like that you also mentioned that Haggerty, you know, gives the information like these interesting statistics and information about classic cars. They provide something of value to their customers that they know their customers will be interested in. It sounds like it's something that's free, like maybe a quarterly newsletter. That's something that we've touched on a lot during our series, our engaged digital marketing series over the last year. And that is an excellent way to help build loyalty and customers is to give them something free of value. You don't have to give away your product or service, but find a way to tap into, like you said, the, the like minded or the, um, the interest that is common between you and then your pros- prospect customer. So I like that Haggerty actually does that. That's fascinating. That's great. That's, ex- that's exactly
1: hard. right. And yeah. this is a fu- this is a fundamental aspect of fandom is giving a gift. Now here's the key: mm-hmm. giving a gift with no expectation of anything in return. So digital marketers have been using this idea of giving something away for forever. But most of them do it wrong because most of them are not giving a gift with no expectation of anything in return. Most digital marketers will provide something only in exchange for something else. Typically, what that means is oh, here's my white paper or my ebook, but I'm not going to give it to you, no way, until you give me your email address first. Mm-hmm. That's not giving a gift, that's coercion. That's like going into a bar and saying to somebody you find attractive, oh, I find you attractive, but I'm not going to talk to you until you give me a business card so I know what your phone number is. That's Ooh. that's not effective. Well, maybe it's yeah. not effective. Uh, it's not effective for me. Right, um, yeah. And, and I go back to the Grateful Dead. So a uh, huge fan, my first concert when I was 17, Grateful Dead concert when I was 17 years old. And the Grateful Dead were the first band to allow fans to record their concerts. Every other band said, no, you cannot bring recording gear into the show. The Grateful Dead said, sure, why not? We'll even give you a special section right behind the mixing board where you can bring your professional level recording gear to record the shows. The only rules were that you can't sell those recordings. You could trade them. You could give them away. You could collect them. Um, And that's how people like me learned about the Grateful Dead. Initially, it was cassette tapes later on MP3 files. And I would listen to them in my friend's dorm rooms at college. I would listen to them in my friend's cars. And I'm like, this band is great. Who are they? Those are the Grateful Dead. And then I wanted to go see concerts myself. So uh, first one, as I mentioned, when I was 17 years old. And 40 years later, I'm still going to Grateful Dead concerts. And uh, last year, I actually went to six. Um, I traveled to Mexico to go to some Grateful Dead concerts. Um, I I traveled out to Red Rocks in Colorado to go to two Grateful Dead concerts. I I probably spent $10,000 last year on Grateful Dead either tickets or travel expenses. And that's 40 years after I first saw them. So, this idea of giving away their music in the form of allowing people to record the, the concerts and trade and give away the tapes caused them to be one of the most popular touring bands in history and has built a fan base that is still supporting the band 55 years after they were formed.
0: I was just going to say obviously, that decision never hurt their business or their brand, even the slightest little bit, if anything, as you just shared, it helped them. Oh, it
1: helped them a ton. Absolutely.
0: And that's interesting because one of the examples you give of fanocracy in action on the website, and I'll share that for those of you watching, I'll share that for you to visit uh, in just a few minutes. But you talk about excellent customer service as a way to you know, help to build this fanocracy. And you wonder, hmm, how can a somebody like a band, how can a band have excellent customer service? Well, obviously, they can perform the best they can. They can have a great onstage presence and interact with the audience. But that example of allowing that recording is a great way, in essence, for that band to say, hey, I want your experience at the, cus- at the concert to be exceptional, and I want you to do it your way. And if that means recording it to share with your friend Joe, well, cool. You can do that. Whereas- yeah. Other, right. like you said, other bands and and uh, performers have absolutely negated that idea um, from well, the very. When well, I'll
1: give you one more, I'll give you one more example, which sure. you would appreciate right. because you're you're also a concert lover. This is getting into the weeds a little bit with with concert geekdom, but another way with great customer support and concerts is be totally transparent in the way you sell tickets. Mm-hmm. The vast right. majority of bands and their management play silly games with the way they distribute their tickets. They have an on-sale date, but only about 10% of the tickets go on sale during the on-sale date. And then most of the tickets get flooded into the secondary market. So they get sold on StubHub and other places at inflated prices. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Grateful Dead included, have ways that The true fans have first access to tickets. You know that the price you're paying is the real price. It's not inflated in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the fans are given the first crack at the availability when tickets go on sale. And this um, level of transparency is super interesting when it comes to fandom. Um, The Rolling Stones actually have done a great job with their transparency on their ticketing. Their ticketing is actually called dynamic ticketing. And it's much like the way that airline tickets are sold where um, tickets or prices are constantly changing. If you want to, um, for example, sit in a business class seat on the airplane and you want a particular seat and you go six months ahead of time to buy that ticket, you know you're going to spend a lot of money. For that ticket. Mm-hmm. But many people do that because that's important to them. If you want to sit in the first 10 rows at a Rolling Stones concert, you know you're going to pay a lot of money for those tickets. But then there's other ways you can buy a ticket in a different way that you're not going to have that level of, of, of being assured of what you're going to get. And the way they price dynamically, it gets closer to the show. Maybe it's a week out. They've got extra tickets. You can buy them at a lower price. It's a week out. The um, airplane still has some seats left. You can buy tickets at a lower price. Everybody knows that's how it works. You could be sitting someone next to someone in the airplane that paid twice as much as you or half as you. Everyone knows that's how it works. You could be sitting next to someone at a Rolling Stones concert who paid twice as much or half as much as you for the exact same ticket.
0: You're paying more for the luxury Of security to know you have the ticket and it's where you want to be one hundred percent and
1: and it's totally transparent they Mm -hmm. you know they describe what they're doing they know how they're doing it but most bands unfortunately do not have that kind of um, transparency into how they do ticketing. And um, and people go in and they get gouged. And they know, my God, I'm paying $300 for a ticket. The face value is 100 What's going on? Who, who got the $100 ticket? No one I know did. Everyone right. has to go to StubHub to buy it.
0: Right. Great example. David, I know we're running out of time. I want to thank you so much for sharing. Oh, my pleasure. You know, just uh, really, it's the tip of the iceberg regarding fanocracy, but really you did share a lot in a short time because it's a simple concept, but um, just from your examples that you shared, the ways that you can create the fanocracy are really endless, and it doesn't matter whether you're in a service industry, or a consulting industry, or a a product, or, or Whether you're a musician or a band, it really doesn't matter what your industry, what your business, what your profession. There are ways to tap into this idea that the human connection, creating like-minded groups of people, and really uh, tapping into customer service and transparency and building this loyal fan base, all can help your business by sending your business down that fanocracy pathway fantastic fantastic thank
1: you thank Listen, you so much
0: at the end of every show you're welcome at the end of every show we always share a little engage news of the week and i'm going to share ours quickly and i would love to just powwow with you on it because i think you sure. can tie this into fanocracy and then after that for those of you listening live we're going to share how you can connect with david also more about his website and his book website as well so don't go anywhere our engage news of the week all right let me pop up our banner here it comes this week we're talking how Instagram recently introduced link stickers, which gives Instagram users the ability to add links to their Instagram stories, which used to be just an option if you had 10,000 followers or more. Now it's an option that's available for everybody. Now, if you're not sure what I'm speaking of and you're listening you know, live here or on the podcast, I'm talking about a little link that can be put into your story that, when clicked on, will take you to an external link, like a web page. So now this feature has been extended with new options to allow users to also customize the text. So for instance, instead of www.fanocracy.com, you can actually customize the text to say, build loyal fans here. Or for instance, with shopping and retail, shop the sale, whatever you want to do, you can create a call to action in your verbiage. Just curious what you think about this, David, because one thing that I've seen uh, a trend in in digital marketing is this idea of using influencers, right? Mm-hmm. Giving your fans um, the power to tag your business, the ability to connect with brands on social media, um, and I think that this is something that definitely plays into this idea of fanocracy, creating loyal fans and and like creating this fandom towards your brand that only helps, you know, again, build the brand, build loyal customers, spread the word about your business and being able to link a company or a product that you like directly. I feel like that gives a, a customer the feeling of power, like they're a part of it. Would you agree?
1: I I think that's certainly a possibility. Um, There's a lot to unpack here with this uh, uh, long question. I mean, the first observation I would make around influencers is that that's kind of a misaligned term. An influencer, in my mind, is someone who truly loves the product uh, Mm -hmm. or service or company. You know, like I talk about the Grateful Dead, so I'm an influencer about the Grateful Dead. I think people who are paid as a paid spokesperson, are frequently Mm -hmm. called influencers, I think that's a completely different thing. It's just an advertising spokesperson. I think this idea of being able to link from Instagram to somewhere external of Instagram is interesting that they've opened that up to people with fewer than 10,000 subscribers, which is how they originally allowed you to do it. The whole idea for many brands is how can I have and, and they think about it as an advertisement, right? I see this all the time. We use Instagram to advertise a product or service, typically a mm-hmm. short video or a photo, and then they want to have people link To be able to buy the product Mm -hmm. sure that's fine for certain consumer brands perhaps but i think for um related to what we talked about earlier about giving gifts without any expectation of anything in return for most businesses a business like mine is certainly a business like engage a better way to use that rather than try to sell a product directly would be to provide something of value, some valuable information. I could imagine you creating, for example, a little Instagram uh, post talking about how David Merriman Scott's on our show. Click here to access it. So you're providing valuable information. That's where I think this can be super popular. Um, I think that there's a danger that too many people will abuse the channel and just try to sell stuff. And it mm-hmm. won't be as powerful as could be if people use it to provide valuable information.
0: I couldn't agree more, and I actually see that trend of different spokespeople or influencers doing exactly what you said. Really, sometimes you go on Instagram now, and it seems like everybody's selling something. Well,
1: paid. everybody's being paid to sell something. I, I every single day, Marissa. Every single day, I get reached out uh, to from multiple people saying, hey, we want you to write about us on your blog or, or share something on social media. We will pay you this amount of money. Like, no, I'm not for sale. I've never, ever even once done that. Um, but there's lots of people who do. And I think it cheapens, um, it cheapens the whole infrastructure the whole of model. How social, about how social right. work.
0: Right. I agree. I agree. Thank you so much for staying with us to share your insights on this week's week's Engage News of the Week. David, I'd love to share with our audience how they can connect with you. Please. Um, You you guys can connect with David on LinkedIn. That's an excellent way to connect with him. And you spell his name for those of you listening on the podcast, David, D-A-V-I-D, middle name Meerman, M-E-E-R-M-A-N, last name Scott. S-C-O-T-T. If you're watching the show replay or watching live, I've put the link up there for you.
1: And just as an aside on that is, Mm -hmm. um, I use my middle name professionally because I'm on the only David Meerman Scott in the entire world. So for SEO purposes, David Scott is a terrible name. (laughs) Uh, David Meerman Scott is a good name.
0: It is perfect. And you're very easy to find. If you connect with David, here's my aside. Make sure to send him a note. Let him know that you heard or saw him on Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence. Ask the experts. Don't just hit that connect button. Let him know where you saw him and let him know maybe something that was interesting about his talk. That um, we always suggest that's a great way to help build a true connection. And then if you guys are interested on more about fanocracy, Uh, the book that he co-authored with his daughter. We're going to go to www.fanocracy.com. It's a great video or it's a great website. There's tons of great videos. It's very interactive. Um, You can find a lot of information. So I'd encourage you if you want to know more about the process, the concept and how you can incorporate it into your small, midsize, any size, any type of business, visit fanocracy.com. And then lastly, David, I'd love to share your website as well, davidmiermanscott.com. What can our audience find on your website, David?
1: Oh, tons of stuff there. I've been blogging since 2004. What is that? 18 years? How crazy is that? Um, (laughs) uh, At least once a week. So I don't know how many thousands of blog posts that means. (laughs) Um, Lots of stuff about my various books and and, and all sorts of other stuff. Tons and tons and tons of free content. No registration required.
0: Fantastic. You practice what you preach. David, I want to thank you again so much from the entire team at Engage. You're a leading digital marketing strategist. You're a famed keynote speaker and you have so many books under your belt and I'm sure there's more to come. So I want to congratulate you on all of your success and we're excited to add your show to our live show library. And I hope that you have just a wonderful and very successful rest of this year.
1: Thanks so much, Marissa. It's great to be on.
0: Absolutely. Pleasure to meet you. Love it, love this concept. uh, Concept of fanocracy. David spoke in so many great examples that can help you understand how fanocracy can help your business grow. Your fans turns your fans into customers, your customers into fans, and all help build this human connection, which we always talk about with engage. It's all about optimizing the customer experience and building a connection with your customer to ultimately create this loyal customer base. Because again, happy customers buy more, they return less and they tell people about their experience. You guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And of course, I want to remind you that our next show is the very beginning of a brand new series where our focus will be Shopify and e commerce. So join me this Thursday, January 20th at 12 p.m. Eastern. It will be our first show of digital marketing intelligence for Shopify. Ask the experts. Our guest is our June Sharma, he's a digital marketing consultant. To Shopify, and he will be here to talk about digital marketing roadmaps to grow your Shopify store faster in 2022 and beyond. Now, if you are someone who is very well versed in the Shopify e commerce niche, I would love to to share with you my information. We're going to be recruiting some wonderful guests for the next six months to talk about Shopify. If you know somebody who has experience in this niche, please shoot me an email, marissa.m at engage.com. And I also wanna invite you to connect with me as well on LinkedIn. Thank you guys so much. Last reminder, if you haven't yet already, please connect with Engage on LinkedIn as well. You can find up-to-date information on our newest show series, and you can also find show replays on LinkedIn as well. Last reminder, and it seems like so many reminders, but I have so much to share with you. Check out our live show library. What we do after every show, David's show will be there in just a few days. We we feature each show on our live show library. And you can find that at www.ngage.com forward slash live dash show dash library. You can watch all of our recent shows. There'll be outlines for every show. And also just recently, you can check out great quotes of what people have had to say about Engage Digital Marketing Intelligence the series. So please also check that out. It's been a pleasure to be your host today. I'm so happy to have this opportunity to work with you to share these wonderful guests and all of their insights. I will be back on Thursday for the first ever digital marketing intelligence for Shopify, Ask the Experts. Until then, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week.